Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic today, is there a role for fecal transplant in inflammatory bowel disease? My guest is Dr. Alka Goyle. Dr. Goyle is a pediatric gastroenterologist with the Division of Gastroenterology at Children's Mercy Kansas City. Dr. Goyle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's just start off with some a nice review of inflammatory bowel disease in children. Um, what's the prevalence, and is it increasing? Yes, the uh, inflammatory bowel disease, especially in children, has been seen to be going up in the last 10 or 20 years, especially in the kids from 1 to 10 years of age. And the incidence of Crohn's disease is increasing more than the incidence of ulcerative colitis. The incidence is about 7 to 10 per 10,000. Okay. So it is it is affecting uh, approximately so about 1.6 million people in United States are living with IBD and about 70,000 new cases are diagnosed every year. So do you have a, a theory, an opinion about why we're seeing this increase in uh, children, especially in that age range? I think you said 1 to 10. Any thoughts on that? We are not quite sure because um, in the younger age group, we feel that genetics plays a strong role and genetics has not changed. But what we do observe is that it is the industrialization and uh foods uh, that may be playing a role. So a few years back, children used to have far more gastrointestinal infections, and now the incidence of those infections have gone down. So it is possible that the immune system does not get an opportunity to mature as they see these infections, and there is a natural maturation process. That probably has been hampered by ah. excess of hygiene. The yes, second yeah, the, factor, sorry. No, I was just going to mention the. That's what I think we're now calling the the hygiene hypothesis, right? That hygiene we're hypothesis. Little, that is correct. Right, right. That is correct. We're a little over sterilized, right? <laughs> we are over sterilized. So it is. I think it does affect the maturation process of the immune system. And I think there is a very major role of environment. We do not understand all the environmental factors, but I think our gut microbiome plays a major role in the pathogenesis of this condition. And what are the things that affect microbiome include the food that we eat. Nowadays, we are all into the fast age. We eat more processed foods. We eat fast food. And... Several substances used in food processing and food additives, they do affect the the barrier function of our epithelial lining of the intestinal mucosa, and it also affects the gut microbiome. So I think we are seeing a more aggressive type of bacteria in our bowel, and these foods are also affecting the epithelial integrity and the barrier function of the bowel, which makes us more vulnerable to developing these conditions. 
So let's move this now into this discussion, Dr. Goyle, into treatment. How how difficult is it to treat, um, say, Crohn's disease in a pediatric population? It is, I think, in today's day where we have access to some very good drugs, it, there a majority of the kids live a very decent life, but there are a few, so it's like a bell curve. So there are some kids on the... Uh, very mild side of the curve, which don't need too much of therapy. And there there are some, about, I would say, 10%, who are very severe and our medications just don't help them enough. But majority of the patients fall in the middle, which I would say are about 70 to 80% of our patients who do well on medications. These medications are helpful in treatment, but they do not cure the And many of these medications, one of the biggest problems we face is that they may work for few months and few years, but then they stop working for a child. So that's where we run into problems. So that so that then brings up this interesting topic now, right? Fecal transplant. I think it's we've seen it in the news a little bit. There's some excitement around fecal transplant in inflammatory bowel disease. So tell us a little bit about what fecal transplant is, how does it work, and at this point, who is it reserved for? Okay, so the role of fecal transplant in treatment of inflammatory bowel disease still needs to be established. There, I think, let's start from the scratch. So fecal transplant as a therapy was found to be very good for a condition called recurrent Clostridium difficile infection. And this infection is associated with dysbiosis, which means that the balance between good and bad bacteria is disturbed. And when these patients keep getting antibiotics, they do not get better. So when they get a fecal transplant, they have an 80 to 90% chance of getting cured, which usually lasts for a long time, mostly lifetime. And with this thought, we started thinking, well, there is a similarity between recurrent C. diff and IBD because even in inflammatory bowel diseases, many studies have shown that there is a disturbance in the balance between good and bad bacteria, as well as there is a decrease in the diversity of the type of bacteria we are seeing in the bowels of these patients with inflammatory bowel disease. And what we have not quite understood is whether this is the cause or effect of having inflammatory bowel disease. So if, say, a disturbed bacterial balance was the cause of inflammatory bowel disease, then doing a fecal transplant would be like curative, right? Because we are treating Mm -hmm. that disturbed balance. But what we are observing as we are doing these fecal transplants in patients with IBD Unlike C. diff, where once you do the fecal transplant, their balance gets corrected probably for life. But in inflammatory bowel disease, initially there is an improvement in the fecal diversity of these microorganisms and the dysbiosis, but it doesn't last forever. So it usually wears off any time between 4 to 12 weeks, maybe 6 months at the most. And then these patients have a relapse of their inflammatory bowel disease. So at present, the studies are focused more 
towards giving a more intensive fecal transplant so instead of a single transplant they would do a more um they would do a series of multiple transplants up front and those who are responding may be needing this as a maintenance therapy not just a one time right. therapy and that part has not yet been studied whether this is safe for patients or whether this will really help in uh, curing their disease uh having said that i would say that there probably will be a role of fecal transplant in some patients with inflammatory bowel disease but not necessarily as the only treatment it probably will right, okay. have a role in an ancillary treatment for ibd now a lot of um what you just discussed is that coming from the initial study that you did Dr. Goyle and I think that's going to be published soon in the IBD journal right is that so your own study it you did found get some of this information yeah. it was published okay and so wh- where do you want to go next then with this are are you going to look into whether this is a one time therapy is this something that's going to be maintenance is that kind of the next step no actually we are um looking into doing a, a study with maintenance therapy so um at present there is not much going on in terms of studies for crohn's disease so we decided to look more into the treatment of uh, crohn's disease using fecal transplant and our protocol is under irb review and this will include induction and maintenance therapy for patients with crohn's disease and we will be running a placebo trial in which some patients okay. will get the actual fecal transplant whereas others will get a placebo enema or a placebo transplant right and then n- neither us or the patients would know what they are getting so we will then have a head to head comparison between these two groups to understand whether it is effective for crohn's disease uh, and uh, if maintenance therapy works or not okay and and so the only therapy here though is the fecal transplant there's no other medications being used that's not true we uh, would be keeping them on the so basically the study we will do will be on patients who are on standard medical therapy since fecal transplant is not an established treatment we cannot just do a fecal transplant that would be unethical so these patients would be the ones who were flaring uh, despite being on standard medical therapy and are required to have a colonoscopy recommended by their doctor as standard of care which means that the doctors wanted are referring these patients for colonoscopy to assess their disease and those patients are the ones we will be doing the fecal transplant on but we will not be changing their medication so the only intervention okay. will be fecal transplant it won't be the only treatment okay well what fascinating work dr goyle and i'm looking forward to seeing what results you get in this new study coming out and i want to thank you for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy. It's very important. I also want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.